I do want to go back to something that you and I were talking about yesterday, Scott. And you, and you posed the question. You were uh, you you, uh, you posed the question yesterday, just about the intrigue in the players available in the NBA offseason. Thursday's Thursday's a big deadline day coming up here in a few days as far as free agency goes when we can really start getting a lot of these deals done and the the speculation starts to end and we actually see some of these guys uh, make decisions and move around, whether it's Zach Levine with the Bulls or Jalen Brunson's uh, been a big one with the Mavericks, DeAndre Ayton, of course, in Phoenix. And, And you asked me the question yesterday about just the intrigue about all the players that are available. And so I was thinking about it, especially as all the talk continues to be about Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook and so on and so forth. But well, those two guys are big, big names, right? And so this is the off season of kind of, kind kind of sliding along the way that we ended the 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 playing portion of the season with the playoffs and the NBA Finals going the way that it did. This is pretty much the off season of what if, and you could say that about just about any off season, but I feel right. like it's at another level this time around because you have. Outside of LeBron, you have the highest paid players in the league who we don't know what kind of players they are going to be when they're on the floor because they've shown us that there's they've they've earned that. They've earned that opportunity. The way the money gets thrown around in that sport is never going to change. But and and even as these guys handle their business the way that they do, whether it's Harden going from team to team and burning it down as he walks out or Kyrie Irving waking up every morning and Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, waking up every morning wondering if this is going to be the day that Kyrie actually wants to play basketball or not. It's the season of the what-ifs at the very top. And even for some of the other guys as well, like like when you brought up the question yesterday, it's I, I can understand how, how it would be hard to get a little bit excited because, look, Jalen Brunson's a good player, not exactly sparking the, the, the meter too much outside of Dallas. Zach Levine, he's been buried in the Midwest, so I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people probably don't know how good he is, and he's probably get. He's, I mean, if, if Chicago has any sense, he'll stay there anyway. They'll give him a max extension, and then even DeAndre Ayton. I mean, the, the Suns have gotten more national attention the last couple of years because of of what they've done with you know in the win column, but still, you know, relatively speaking, it's still a, a, a pretty. It's a it's a smaller regional market still, so. There is the intrigue, just dep- I guess depending on where you are, but there are as many question marks around the conversations of these guys in the offseason in, of, in terms of quantity than I can remember in, in recent memory. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out in terms of quantity and the quality in terms of the teams that they go to because it matters where they go uh, yeah, they're going to get their money, Sam, but at the same time, you got to get into the right fit, and these GMs are still kind of playing uh, you know, the guessing game on, hey, if this guy comes in, are we going to be that good? Eh, should we pull the trigger? Yeah, why not? But you really never know until they gel together on the court on whether or not they're going to gel together on the court. And it depends on, on who it is, because for some of the guys that are at the top, I mean, we were talking about uh, about a possible deal involving Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook, which would have been a lot more interesting about five or six years ago. But right. just because of the of the name uh, of the last name and their career trajectory, good and bad, 
there was there there was that intrigue, but there are some of these cases where there's not that much calculation going on, and and I I can't even imagine how much of a headache it must be. Again, even more so even now than than in the past to be one of these front office executives that has that that has to do the the balancing act, and and may, maybe it is a little harsh because so many of these guys when they are playing, they're still some of the best. That, that the sport has to offer, but you can go so far down the list of Kyrie, James Harden, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, so on and so forth. There's just so many of the top players that the sport revolves around of, are they going to play? How many games are they going to play? Are they going to be effective? Are they going to create problems? Are they just going to play basketball and and you know try to help out their teams? Whatever it is. So like you have the two categories even, of the name recognition and (laughs) then trying to figure out how to get the most value because that's more the category that Jalen Brunson falls into in in Dallas. That one's interesting because minutes, as everybody's leaving the arena when Dallas' season comes to an end against Golden State in the playoffs, Mark Cuban's already talking about you know, basically, priority number one is to re-sign Jalen Brunson. Right now, you have team. Now you have teams that are uh, clearing cap space to potentially make a run at him. The Knicks are the ones that that are coming up the most. And so, Woj was talk. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski was talking today about you know potentially looking at four years upwards of one hundred ten million dollars a year for a guy who. It was kind of a blessing and a curse, the the situation that Jalen Brunson found himself in last year because he got to he got to play more, he got to showcase his skills a little bit more. And look, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven million is is still not even that unreasonable in today's NBA with you know with with the salary cap the way that it is, and you got a new CBA coming up here pretty soon. But four years upwards of 110, Dallas has to decide how invested they really are. Because Mark Cuban said that that he's prepared to get basically in a bidding war for Jalen Brunson, and I have no reason not to believe him. If anybody's going to get in a bidding war for something that he really, really wants, it's going to be Mark Cuban. Mm -hmm. But it's also going to be the Knicks. So, I mean, what a time it must be to be Jalen Brunson, to sit in the middle of that... Because for Dallas, you you have to weigh you you ulti- you, you kind of got to keep them. There really is no Plan B at this point. And one of the other factors in this this coming season, Luca's new Luca's new contract kicks in his new two hundred twelve million dollar deal. So he's not going to have a say. Everybody knows that they want to keep Jalen Brunson, but no matter what happens, he's going to be a big winner. And if he does leave. Dallas is going to be even worse, and you have a, a you have an unhappy Luca. Well, what's going to happen here, Sam? If Mark Cuban and the Mavericks really want him, they're going to make enough money to keep him. Now, having said that, it all depends on what the player wants. If he wants to stay in Dallas, he's going to stay in Dallas. But even if the money is the same or even a little less, if he wants to go to another team that reaches out and he says, you know what, 
I think it might be fun to play there. Then you might have a problem. But if it's just money, Mark Cuban's got no problem paying money. No, that's that, that's where this kind of becomes a story because you have two sides that are synonymous with we'll pay whatever we have to pay. I mean, Mark Cuban doesn't necessarily have the track record of of contracts necessarily, but but if he wants somebody, exactly, he will keep somebody. Right? If he wants him, he'll keep. He's him. not Jerry Jones, where he's just going to dole out money. No, but that's, I mean, but in that's the where the right, Knicks come in. If the right situation, yes, but if the right situation is there, Mark Cuban's going to, you know, pull out the wallet. So really, it comes down to would you would you do it? Would you do twenty six, twenty seven a year? For a guy who is, if you get what you got out of him last year, then yeah. But you never know what you're going to get from year to year, and that's the whole problem. He might come back worse than last year. He might come back better than last year. And if you get a better version than you had the year before, which was also better, then that's a good deal. Right, because we know how guys tend to play on contract years, which which is what it was, and he was thrust into a much bigger role than than what was That's like the biggest stereotype, by the way. I mean, yeah, some players made it bad for everyone else because, hey, this is my contract here. I'm going to play lights out, and it's like the next year. Hey, I got my money. I'm taking the day off. It's weird how that happens, but it happens. Well, I mean, you say it's a... What was the word you used? You said it was a stereotype? Well, I just want to make sure I, I want to make may, sure I heard you correctly. May, maybe stereotypes not the right word, but I mean, uh, without uh, stigma, yeah, or yeah. whatever. But it's they're, true though they're, they're putting it on that. But I mean, we have enough know, examples few, to point to. No, but that's what I'm saying. The few examples ruined it for everybody because all it took was one or two, and all of a sudden that's the rule of law. And that's hey, you know, you're, you've got a contract here. You're going to play uh, your butt off. And then the next year, you're going to take off. It's like It doesn't always work that way, but that's the guesswork that goes into that. And, yeah. Let's hear a little bit from ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks on Jalen Brunson. That's rich. That's rich money. I mean, that puts you up in the echelon of top point guards here. And, um, you know, that's that will be New York's probably big free agent play if that's going to be it. I think Dallas is going to be very fascinating because what is the walkaway number for them? Right. If you're the if you're the Mavericks, what number do you walk away from? Because, you know, it, it's I mean, guys, it's going to cost basically Jalen Brunson is going to be like a hundred million dollar player for one year in Dallas because of their finances here. But at the other end, you don't re, you can't replace him and have another guard just step in next to Luca. You kind of have a you, you kind of have a similar situation with a couple of the teams in Dallas, and you mentioned you know everybody's favorite team owner in the Metroplex, Luca and Jalen Brunson can be fine if it's Luca, Jalen Brunson, and blank. <laughs> like we always, it's one of the things that you know it was unfortunate that it never panned out you know in, in, in playoff success, but it was the thing that the Cowboys always had going for them was. You was you have you have Amari Cooper, you have Michael Gallup. I called it cake for breakfast, and it's worked out very well to this point. Let's add C.D. Lamb and just make this wide receiver group just even more crazy. Now with C.D. and Michael Gallup, there's this different feeling about the wide receiver group, and we're still waiting to see if there's any kind of last second moves that the Cowboys might be considering. Luca and Jalen Brunson is is fine. Still feels like it has a, a a pretty 
hard ceiling, and this year was more, this year was just a nice surprise. I mean, Dallas has has the run where they beat the Suns in the second round to get to the Western Conference Finals, but it's hard to imagine that being something that's going to be super replicable. the The expectation is that the West is going to be better next season. You know, hopefully, ideally. With some of these other teams that that didn't make the playoffs or or, or lost in the, I know there's people in L.A. that hope the Lakers are one of those teams. Well, not even just them. This was a throwback because we haven't heard, we haven't seen some of these guys. We we haven't seen much of them in the last few years. Remember that guy called Kawhi? Oh yeah, yeah. There there's a legitimate feeling that this might be the. Uh, that the the uh, the merry-go-round might be circling back around for for the Clippers again. This was George Sedano earlier today, ESPN LA. I mean, he's just all over all the ESPN platforms for NBA, but he's based in LA, and the the buzz is kind of back for the Clippers. They can be the team to beat, I think. When you talk about Kawhi Leonard, and from what I've heard in workouts, he looks amazing. Like he looks like the Kawhi we saw. In a, in a uniform a couple of years ago. And you have Paul George coming back, right? We, Paul George has certainly been one of the better players in this sport for the better part of 10 years now. They never really got a chance to play with Norman Powell, who's like the perfect third option for a team like this. They want to have a ton of wings. They re-signed Robert Covington, who's one of the top three and D guys. Uh, they could potentially re-sign Nick Batum, who also plays a similar role like that. So... And you add John Wall into the mix. You add Reggie Jackson into the mix. They've got everything you would want. And they've got one of the more elite coaches in the sport. And they re-signed Zubots today as well. And also one of the uh, one of the elite coaches in the in the manners department. Never heard a, a coach end so many interviews with yes sir and yes ma'am like Ty Lue. <laughs> right. Really a good example for the kids. You know, the analysis was spot on. He lost me at Paul George. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, I I love Paul George as a player, but when the chips are on the table, Paul George kind of does a disappearing act. I mean, the Clippers... That's where I kind of got a problem. And then, you know, when you got Kawhi Leonard, one of my favorite players all the way back to when he was at San Diego State, this guy is... Uh, outstanding player, but will he stay healthy? Because now he's got that stigma on him. Well, that's why we started the segment talking about the offseason of what if, because the Clippers might even fall into that category more, yeah, than, the, I go more back than the to, Lakers. I go back to not having any expectations about the Clippers until something happens, because that's a team, I mean, if you're in L.A., the joke is you can't count on the Clippers. Maybe they'll win one of these days, but that's going to be the team that lets you down first. And then the Lakers kind of pull a disappearing act at the end, which nobody expects. But if the Clippers don't make the playoffs, it's like, yeah, see, they're the Clippers. By the way, I think we got to give a little bit more credit to Paul George than than you were just doing there. It comes back from injury last year, and you couldn't have asked any more out of him. Than, no, than I know, but I go back to a couple of years ago where. But that's kinda, a but, eh. but with no Kawhi, there was he, he didn't have enough help, right? Which was part of the story. No, and when I was saying that, it was half tongue in cheek because I said I love him as a player, but you know, no, he does have the stigma of playoff. Hey, you got you guys got to prove what you got and do it in the big stage until you know people start to really take you seriously. 
And a few years ago, everyone was on a bandwagon. Years, you know, myself included. And uh, you know, now a couple years later, it's like, well, are the Clippers going to be any good? It's good to hear the buzz about the Clippers. We'll see if it stays. And I think if Kawhi Leonard stays healthy, it can. But until this team stays healthy together for a whole year and then gets to the playoffs and remains healthy, it's going to still be an everyday question mark. What's going to happen with the Clippers? It's almost like, okay, next team, let's talk about the Suns because everyone gives up on talking about the Clippers. And that's where part of the what-if comes in, too, is we've never... Uh, we've never used uh, the phrase if they can stay healthy more in the last three years than we did probably in the last 25 years before that, which is its own separate conversation Well, I was just going to say, you talk about what if back in those 25 years when I covered some of the worst teams in the NBA ever, the question wasn't what if, it was what? Like, what the hell did we just watch tonight? Well, yeah, there's that too. And the next night, and the next night. Just closing the book really quick on on Jalen Brunson. I thought uh, Bobby Marks used the the best phrase there. You know what's the what's the number where you finally just let him walk? Because uh, Brunson is not going to get Dallas where they need to go if unless they can fit another player in there as well. So what do you think he would fit in? I'm trying to think of a team where he could go like right away and just be an instant uh, difference maker without that team leveraging their whole team. Well, that's where I mean, he, I mean, he just based on on where his trajectory, where his his market is at right now, he is perfect for a team like the like the Knicks just to bring somebody in. If if it ends up going into this bidding war and the and the Knicks go above one ten, like if we start getting to one twenty, one twenty five, as much as it would sting in the short term, I think you got to let him walk. Yeah, and let's face it, Mark Cuban has money, but he also has brains. And, and a luxury you know, tax. And a luxury tax. So he's not going to go overboard to keep the player. He's going to go within his limits. He's going to go where he thinks he should. He'll give him a little more money. But like you said, if the Knicks come out with a major offer and it's like they make him an offer that he can't refuse, well, Mark Cuban's going to say, hey, Jalen, you did a great job here. Best of luck. He's Scott Galetti. I'm Sam Hauser's Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017. The team, when we come back... This week marks an important milestone. Catch up and just see how we're doing. It's next ESPN Radio 1017, the team.